welcome to West of North London, where the Arsenal results are anything but predictable. <laughs> I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. I, uh, you know, you just said before we started, we, we've got a bit to talk about. And I think that I the stuff we are, have to talk about is um, <laughs> kind of stupid for the first game. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, very... I I would say pretty exciting stuff from this uh, this most recent game today. So I, it, it's it's up and down as usual with Arsenal this week. <laughs> at least this one's it's a uh, start on a low, end on a high. It's a, I, I feel much better mood when we've a, we have a win to talk about as the latest game as opposed to uh, the other way around. So totally, yeah. I'm in a I'm in a much better mood than I would have been if we were talking about <laughs> the Newcastle game just directly after that game. So Agreed. I think today was a good palate cleanser. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I never have to talk about refing again, I would I would love it. That's why it's so stupid. Like It's, it's the whole conversation. It, it, yep. it has taken over. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, um, not looking forward to that part per se. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we got to rename this segment uh drink of the week for a while because i've i've got another in my series of hot fall drinks hot hot boozy drinks we'll call it hot boozy drinks that's a great segment name we should just call it hot boozy drinks (laughs) done (laughs) i'm gonna have to come up with a hot boozy drink (laughs) um okay so what's your what's what's your hot boozy drink yeah so i think i'd mentioned that we ended up um kind of raiding my wife's grandmother's liquor cabinet and bringing some stuff. And so I I knew we had this bottle of brandy, you know, not a brand, but like a decanter sort of bottle of, (laughs) of brandy for mystery brandy from who knows how long ago. Um, but you know, I had to, I had to see what I could do with a hot brandy drink. So I, I, you know, I, I did a little Googling and and I've got a brandy hot toddy here, Ooh. which consists of brandy, uh, honey, sliced mm-hmm. apples, and a cinnamon stick with with some Ooh. some water, some hot water in there for you. Yeah, I, I saw the cinnamon stick when you were uh, you were talking. I'm like, that's a fancy drink yeah. for us. I just happen to have cinnamon sticks, so I felt pretty cool. It's like, I mean, is this the first time we've had a garnished drink (laughs) on the show? This may be the most effort I've put into a drink for this show, (laughs) for sure. I think maybe I've done an old fashioned or a margarita before, but this this is right in there. I sliced fruit. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, What does it it taste like? That's the best question. Let's let's see. Mm-hmm. That is that is like fall in a cup. It's mm. got the it's soaking up the apple flavor. The honey makes it kind of take the edge off of the brandy. It's pretty smooth, and then you get the the cinnamon in your face. Kind of just you get all the smell. Mm. Sounds good. Is like the brandy coming through at all? Or are you getting like some of that brandy flavor with it? Or? I can feel the warmth. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting the uh tactile sensation, just not the yeah. not necessarily the flavor. It, it you know, having that that little boozy edge just makes it an extra hot drink, you know. Exactly what you want if you were on a cold out outside in the cold. 
Well, I mean, and like alcohol and sugar, like really act well as like a kind of mellowing on both ends of it. So like the booze will take down some of the sweetness and the sweetness will take down some of the, uh, the alcohol flavor. So it actually works out, works out well, that drink. Yeah. And I think having just the apple slices is nice because you get the apple flavor without it being a full on like hot cider situation. So you just get like that yeah. hint. Oh, that sounds lovely. I may, I might have to try that. I, I don't think I've ever owned a bottle of brandy in my life. It's not, not one I usually reach for. If I'm, if I'm going liquors that are colored, I go for a, uh, or the rum or a whiskey uh-huh. more than I do a brandy. Yeah. It's not what I would reach for, but since, since it's, it was there, I had to give it a try. You know, it's, uh, yeah. when, uh, when you get the opportunity to have these other mist have mystery liquors is what I'll call it. Cause it, it's basically <laughs> The only reason I know it's brandy is because it, it's got a, a piece of paper taped to the outside that says brandy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's homemade brandy. Maybe it's our grandma's old it's recipe. The, the moonshine of brandy. Um, you just age it for a while. It takes all that edge off. Yeah. No, it's it's really good. So I'm 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 pleased to add another hot drink to the list. Nice. What do you got this week? Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still on my quest to find uh, the best non-alcoholic beer, and last week's entry was pretty good, much better than the uh, the hop water, which is definitely low on the list. <laughs> and so, I was at a a beer bar here in town called Elizabeth Station that has a very good selection of both non-alcoholic and alcoholic beers, and I found one I hadn't seen before, which is well being well being has a nice little label with the victory. It's a sports brew, is what they call it, non-alcoholic. And it's victory wheat, so I guess with a hint of orange. So I'm guessing it's going to be like a Hefeweizen with beer type of thing. That's a oh, that's tasty. It's 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 actually something that I think if I poured and didn't know is non alcoholic, I just assume it would be alcoholic. Mm. It's 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 a good one. Mm. Highly recommend. Is is it uh is sport brew a category now as far as an alternate name know. to non-alcoholic beer? I think they're trying to do it. They have sports brew uh, several times on the label here. I think the idea is for people who are athletic but want a uh, a beer like substance type of thing is what their uh, their target audience is. Sure. The, Whereas I feel like the Michelob Ultra Cloud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas I feel like uh, playing sports and drinking mixes perfectly fine in my book, but hey, <laughs> you know, I there's there's a world of beer out there that I I don't I don't get exposed to that much. But I heard somebody just walk up and order an ultra the other day, and I was like, oof, just hearing it mm-hmm. called an ultra just it's a little cringy to me. Yeah, I mean, it's an ultra is basically a non-alcoholic beer. I mean, it's not not too right. far off. It's uh, it's it's um, <laughs> it's legally in the beer category, but barely. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah, this is on the recommendation side of things. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to this week's Timbit. What do you got? Um. Well, I know we're going to be talking a lot about a uh, VAR and things. And so my uh, my general question is, seeing as VAR doesn't seem to be working right now with humans operating it, I felt like monkeys could probably operate the VAR as well as right now mm. the humans are. So which monkey or ape would you trust with VAR? 
the most. Which monkey or ape? Hmm. I you know I can't I can't go with the gorillas. I just feel like they would they would cheer for violence. Yeah, I think they would allow uh, everything and probably smash yeah. up the system, which might not be a bad thing. I think there, there would be um, the the orangutan would, would probably be my, my choice. That's what I was thinking. It's like, I, I I don't know what it's based on, but it feels like the orangutan is the most yeah, thoughtful of monkeys slash apes. The pace in which they operate seems to be calming and, and maybe like steady. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they just, I think it's their face too. They just look very thoughtful when you look at them in the face. They're like pondering the world's yeah. mysteries. Although they might slow down the game quite a bit. They could, but I think maybe that's what we're missing. Like some of the, the some of the chaos we heard on the comms from the Liverpool uh sit, situation, it, it's chaos. Maybe maybe you need a little yeah. more calm. Slow. I mean, yeah calming the other uh the one i was thinking of is like i've seen it like it's technically a lemur mm. i think but that really tiny like pink the pygmy lemur thing that can fit on a pink oh, someone's pinky yeah. like a little is that like a marmoset marmoset yeah mm. that's what it is i was thinking maybe that because they're so cute you couldn't really get mad at them if they made the wrong call yeah i could see that yeah i would stay away from like the the monk the monkeys i think the monkeys would be yeah. kind of in that chaos category <laughs> i mean it couldn't be any worse yeah. really but <laughs> Ch- Ch- chimps thinking... maybe okay i don't know chimps. they might like the chaos they might be a little too bit too yeah i was thinking spider monkey because you could like just have one spider monkey for two people because they could like control all the different <laughs> camera angles you know they have that prehensile I, tail i don't know if they have the attention span to actually make any calls Oh, that's true. Reining that in would be a challenge. You get the uh, howler monkey that, like, if you start arguing with them, they just yell at Ooh, you back. Imagine uh, just several howler monkeys just yelling at each other. <laughs> a baboon. Mm. I mean, we we per- personally know about baboons' interest in technology because when we were in Africa, they broke into our car and yeah, tried to steal cameras. It can be pretty territorial. Yeah. Don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think orangutan is the uh, the answer we're so. going for. Now this, all this talk all right. makes me want to go watch like some of the Planet of the Apes Planet of the Apes movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think as I said, I think they were probably doing a better job than what we had currently. They, have they've going. got another movie coming out, you know, sponsor us. We'll we'll do ape talk every week. <laughs> is that our new segment yep. is ape talk okay <laughs> hot boozy drinks straight into ape talk <laughs> suddenly this podcast is nothing about arsenal yep. it was a backdoor ape podcast all along this is the long play <laughs> we just slowly slowly sleep, sneak in more and more monkey talk until it's just all monkeys all the time <laughs> <laughs> just we'll slowly morph the name somehow. <laughs> West of North Monkey. 
come in with your uh, your monkey to cast yeah, names. <laughs> this this is the spinoff waiting to happen. <laughs> we have quite a few spinoffs. They're just they're just waiting until we have the time to do them. Yes. All right. So we've we do have a bit to talk about, and like I said, it's not not all the stuff we want to talk about. And you know, I d- yeah. I'm not. I don't want to equate the guys in the VAR room to uh, to apes. I don't want to go that far. I would say, I, mean, I think it's I mean think to it the is. apes. It's insulting, but <laughs> I I think I think this it's it's barely worth going too far into the game itself because it, it's the game the game kind of boiled down to the the refereeing, which is unfortunate. Yeah, there were. Well, I mean, I think there, there, there's a little to talk before, and the the one thing I wanted to talk about the lineup is the absence of uh, mm. Odegaard. Yeah, and what you, what you, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, the news has been pretty sparse on that. Yeah, I don't have a good sense on like how long he'll be out. If this was a, um, you know, he just needed another week or so, or if we're lock- talking something longer term, I haven't really heard that yet. Um, it seems like it's game to game at this point. Yeah, like the thing I heard is there was one injury for this game and then or for the uh he was cuz he was out the uh the West Ham game too, mm-hmm. right? So there's one injury for that game. And he, he made an appearance in this game, right? I'm trying to remember the sorry, I should have looked this up. Um but he, he he's made an appearance and then got a second injury. Uh so that I mean, at least that's what I heard. But they've not discussed at all what the injury is, or I've heard no timelines. I saw him in the crowd for today's game, and he didn't look like he was on crutches or anything. So he he was not in the Newcastle game. <laughs> so where was he? Where was he last? <laughs> Did he come in the? I should look these okay, so he came in on the West Ham game as a sub. So that was the last time we saw. Are you there? Did you freeze? Uh, I, okay. You froze too. I didn't hear. Last I heard was, where was he uh, last? Okay. Um... Yeah, so he he wasn't in the Newcastle game, but he was in the West Ham game. He did come in as a sub on that one. So that was the last time we saw him. Yeah, and so you got apparently you got another injury around then. I yeah, I don't I don't know. That's something to keep an eye out for. But it was something that I I definitely noticed during the game. Yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate to lose lose him on top of Jesus. I feel like we've lost a lot of our creativity. Um, but you know, there's the, the fortunate part is you're still, you're still up, uh, Saka and Martinelli, which provides quite a bit. Um, but we're still not able to cl- kind of click into the next gear and you can sense that in the games. Like it is, um, it, it's, it, you can see the creativity, you can see the sparks on both, both wings, but you need that central piece with Odegaard. You need that central piece with Jesus. You need kind of something more in the middle to make it all kind of click. 
and with both of those players out, it's been it's been a little bit lacking, uh, to say the least, especially in this Newcastle game. Yeah, yeah, and I beyond the the whole refereeing thing, the team just didn't really look that that ready to play in this game. It felt very sleepy. I felt I didn't think a lot of the players covered themselves in glory besides even the, uh, the refereeing. Yeah. I think you look at the, the scoring play and you can, you can chalk a lot of that, uh, cross. I mean, granted, maybe the players thought that the ball went out, but you know, it, it was still a little bit lackluster on the defense leading up to that ball and and so it, it wasn't yeah, like and, they were playing with a lot of intensity yeah and, and before we dissect that 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 whole play the the biggest thing that actually annoyed me about that was the fact that the players didn't play to the whistle right. whether or not they thought it was out out or not they stopped playing and that is to me just a, it's the one thing that gets beaten into you as a kid playing is like you play to the whistle you you don't assume that a ball has gone out you don't assume that there's a foul called. You just play until the whistle's blown. And you could just see all the Arsenal players thought the ball was out and just kind of gave up on the play and gave him a free cross in. Yeah, just it. I don't know what we could have done, you know, with it, with the players that were available. I think this was um, still a pretty close game for the most part. And Mm -hmm. I think it, it, it was unfortunate to lose in this fashion you know i think if if it was a clean goal it would have been extra fresh or it wouldn't have been quite as frustrating but i think the all the extra stuff that was piled on top of it just was it it made it seem like we got one stolen from us which is is really kind of frustrating yeah and but on the other side of things i always i have a, a mantra or a uh a truism that i would say which is that if if we don't score a goal we don't really ha- get to dis- to complain about a results in my mind that that you can have the worst refereeing in the world you can have a lot of things going against you but if you don't the bare minimum for me is to score a goal or you're not really there's not much to complain about there there are plenty of opportunities to score a goal but and we just weren't able to convert yeah i uh i think you you do add a lot more pressure or emphasis on to refereeing decisions when it's thin margins and you don't get to that position at all. I mean, this, this the refereeing doesn't matter if you're winning, doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. do what you have to do outside of that situation. So you can't, you can't chalk it all up to poor refereeing because you, like, like you said, we still didn't have anything to show for this game and and it was i think i think that 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 frustration feeds into the reactions to the refereeing for sure like when you're not able to create Mm -hmm. when you're not able to score goals when it's feeling like you're doing everything that you need to but it's just not working that definitely kind of added to the boil over at the end and i think if if yeah if Arteta felt that they played really well, um, 
that that definitely added to his frustration because like it's like mm-hmm. you, if you're playing really well and you're not getting what you want out of the game and then it's still you get this decision that goes against you it's just i, I think it it feels unjust and i can i could sense that in in arteta's reaction yeah and then and to a certain extent we knew what type of game we we're coming into with newcastle it's a it's a well-known fact how they play the game and they are they are going to be chippy they're going to be do, using all the uh the dark arts and you know i think we are all mentally prepared for it it's it's just it uh, adds an extra bit of unfairness when they don't get punished for uh for doing that i mean to be fair like it it wasn't even on both sides, but I mean, we can definitely say that Havertz got away with it, with a with, or not got away because I I I don't think either of the tackles were actually his tackles were red cards, but combined, I could see why someone would be getting a red card for both of those tackles mm-hmm. that he did. Well, I mean, this game was pretty contentious and lots of back and forth as far as the physicality. I think definitely mm-hmm. we expect that from Newcastle. Um, but it was, there was some stuff that was getting uncalled, uh, mm-hmm. and the non-calls definitely, uh, added to the tension in this game. Uh, the Havertz thing was kind of one of many things going on and you got Jorginho was kind of getting the brunt of it from, uh, from, uh, Bruno and it, it it was yeah. tough to watch the ref just kind of miss the game going on around him. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. When I was watching it live, I was sitting there with a friend of the pod, Alex, watching the game. And we both were saying we almost wish that they would, the referee would just take the cap, both captains aside at some point in the game and be like, hey, we need to like calm this down. I'm going to start calling it heavy now just to, 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 to rein in the game. Cause it's just, it was feeling like it was getting out of hand and you saw and right before the half, uh, Bruno elbow, uh, uh, Jorginho in the head. And it was a straight, in my mind, that's a straight red card. And I don't, I don't understand that how that wasn't even reviewed. I'm assuming it was, I, I, I assume it, it was yeah. reviewed and they just ignored it. I just, I, I mean, how can you? Like, I mean, what's the point? Like, that, that to me, like, there are very few black and white fouls in the world. And that was just such a black and white red card. That was a, an elbow to the head. Yeah. And off the ball is extra dirty. I mean, you can, if you elbow mm-hmm. a guy in the run of play and you're like battling, okay, sure, you can make a case for fighting for position. I this off the ball stuff that goes on and and especially because you know that VAR is there to catch this kind of stuff that the referee cannot see. Yeah, I mean, as I said, like, I just like it baffles me with VAR because of how inconsistent it is, and it seems to be especially in the Premier League, especially right now, and when you're looking at what's going on. I, I don't know if they were just like, we're going to let it play, make it an old fashioned, like more rough and tumble game. But I, I don't think it, it was an, I don't think it made the game a better spectacle. I think there's a, there's a lot that's broken with the, the refereeing 
in general before you even get to the VAR stuff. I just mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it wasn't a great day from that end. No. And you know, we we got out of uh, we got to the half at uh uh we got to the half and then we had our uh our major incident of the game. Yeah, and, and it is uh, where do we start? Uh, I think, you know, talking about how it was kind of a a bunch of small errors that led to the shot even happening. And it was kind of slack defending. Mm-hmm. I will say that for sure. Um, Newcastle just was allowed to kind of waltz in there while a lot of players were standing around watching. And I think it the, definitely the the ball seemingly going out was enough to cause some hesitation. It shouldn't have, uh, but it did. But it seemed like even once it got going again, everybody was just not not really where they needed to be. Um, pretty, it's pretty tough to watch this one and um, not feel like some of all the things that that they were able to review on it. You would think at least one of them. Uh, would have stuck. But I think that the one that I gets mean, me is the push in the back. Yeah. I mean, I think we have a uh, question about this. No. Yeah. From uh, Jonathan King uh, Monius, which is a uh, ref tar- talk part one, uh-huh. which shows that there's going to be a part, another couple parts with this. He says, obviously not a goal, but what was the worst part out of play? Foul, handball, or offsides? Uh, okay. Out of play, tough to prove. It, it fooled everybody on the field, though. I think you yeah. just call it. But that's neither here nor there. I think you call it in real time. You it after, if you, you clearly can't review that. There's no way to really see it from that angle. Should be. There's so many cameras in this. this there should be. You should mm-hmm. be able to see every single angle of this entire play, and this a lot of this gray area would go away, but a lot of it came down to the angles that they had. Um, so out of play, hard to prove. Foul, I think that's my vote, but handball or offside, those are... Uh, yeah, you've seen them called. Yep. I don't know. You've seen all. You've seen yeah, a lot I mean, of these things called, and it's just like that's the of, of the four things that it could be, nothing. Yeah, I mean, on my end, the the out of bounds. It's it's. I feel like it's out of bounds, but I would give the benefit of the doubt on that. I don't. I don't. I couldn't a hundred percent prove it. It looked out of bounds, but you know you. We're also not on the field. I, I defer to the refs on that. They're they're in a better, much better location from the angles right. given. The foul is a foul, is a foul, is a foul. I don't understand how that's not given. We've seen goals taken away from Arsenal in this season because of similar mm-hmm. plays. Ben White, I can think of right off the top oh, yeah. of my head. Uh I don't I don't I just, uh, his hands were straight, like in a moving motion out to straight in the back. And 
I, I, I just don't know how you can look at that and in any way say it's not a push that affects the play. It's really tough. I just don't see how, how Gabriel misses that ball if he's not being pushed mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I, I just, I, I can't, I, I, I don't, it's just, to me, it's just a missed call. Like it's, and it, it's even more aggravating because they spent like a minute and a half looking at it. And I don't know what you're looking at to be like, eh, that's not a foul. I I haven't seen a good explanation to it. I haven't seen anyone say, oh no, that's not a foul. I, I don't know how you can make that case. Yeah. And then the offside looked pretty convincing to me as well. The handball, I'm just going to cop out and say, I don't know what a handball is in soccer anymore. I literally don't. I don't, I'm at this point, I don't even try. Nick, I call it doesn't, you might as well just flip a coin. So I'm not even going <laughs> to go down that, uh, that route anymore. I'm just tired of it. Uh, offsides, it, I mean, to me, it seemed pretty much the definition of offsides. But again, I just go back to that foul. And then if you're looking at it like through VAR, I know it's not the way it works, but if you have three slash four questionable calls and one of them is pretty obvious, like how it doesn't get taken back, I don't know. Like it just take your pick. Right. You know? I, okay, hold on. Where can I, where, where can I put this picture? Hmm. I want to see this picture. I like visual art. Her visual aids in a auditory medium is always fun. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm adding it to the wrong. Uh, I'm adding it to the wrong channel. Hold on. <laughs> uh, okay, this is great. Great audio. I admit great that. Great audio. Our, our listeners. Okay, are there it. we go. I just grabbed this picture. It's on our Discord right now. Um, his. You can see. Uh, his arms fully extended into Gabriel's back and mm-hmm. it, it, it's Gabriel's already missed the ball. Like he doesn't misjudge that badly. No, you can see the guy coming I mean, up behind, I, pushing him out of the way and to try to get his head on it. I, as I say, I just, I don't like, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. Like I, it, it's, it's a foul. Like it's, it's missed and it and it, and it sucks because VAR was instituted at great expense to to stop this from happening and it just doesn't seem like it does it just adds minutes and takes away joy from goals like <laughs> i don't i don't know i'm it's it's depressing cuz I, I don't i think this year has been very acute not just for arsenal throughout the league that the the referees it's just not working. Something's off in in the, in the whole thing. Yeah, are they are they tired? I don't. <laughs> how do you make these decisions? Is it too much pressure? Is it mm-hmm. um, bias? Is it lack of understanding of the rules of the game? Well, I think I heard somebody talking about this that part of the issue is there isn't an outside 
voice coming into VAR. VAR really, as implemented in the Premier League, feels like a retirement home for referees that don't want to run <laughs> anymore. And so they're all buddy buddies, you know, and so they're all trying to cover each other's asses. There's no outside like voice in this. And so it's just like, instead of trying to find the correct call, they're trying to find the call that co- like saves the face of the referees. Right. Yeah. And, and we've talked about how the premise is just incorrect because they're not looking to best implement the rules of the game. They are looking to either support or refute a call on the field. But by that, like, you know, the main reason that VAR exists is to correct the calls on the field. Like, it would not be there if it weren't for poor calls being made on the field. So the conceit mm-hmm. needs to be the referees are fallible and make mistakes. We need to snuff those yeah. out. Not the referees are humans and make mistakes, and we need to just make sure they feel good about themselves. Yeah. And that, that and that comes to the the referees and the type of refereeing that they they have to kind of let go of their ego a little bit. And I have I've always said I'm much more willing I've always been more willing to forgive the referees when there was no VAR because I can understand you're human you make a mistake and it goes on. It's it's a fact that when you have a second to take a breath and you have all the angles and the VAR and it's not like the thing that upsets me isn't that out of bounds call because that's so difficult to 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 prove that that one I can see an argument mm-hmm. for. It's that foul. I don't. It's a foul. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't see an argument, and it's still gotten wrong. And even when they and it goes back to that Liverpool Tottenham game with even when they know they've made a mistake, they because of the way the rules are and the things are going, they can't go back and correct that mistake. There, there's no mm-hmm. handball. There's no offside. There's no goal if you call the foul as it's obvious. Yeah. Like most of this stuff gets alleviated if you call the game as it should be. Yep. Yeah. And and, and it's just, it's unfortunate because it, it really has affected this game in particular. Uh, you know, after this goal happens, Newcastle's able to just completely shut down the game. You saw it like instantly after the goal, they were on the ground. Not like, I think it was like a minute later, mm-hmm. a player was on the ground for no fouls and that just continued. They were gumming up the works the whole time. And it just, you know, if the game was different because of that call and it could have very easily affect the season, you know, this is an important game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not so far away that it, it didn't have a material impact. And especially, you know, ending our unbeaten streak is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the Tottenham made the same slip up this weekend. Um, <laughs> and that was a fun game if you didn't get a chance to watch that one. I, I revel in any any of their failures. Oh, it was just, it was, it was very similar to this game, actually. And uh, yeah, two red cards and getting beaten was, was, I, Fun. I didn't see their, their super high line strategy. Which oh, yeah. looked amazing. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it, it it has a material effect on the game and it just made it not fun. It didn't like just say even if you take away all the important and you know the sporting aspect of it, the other side of it as a fan of Arsenal watching a game, I just you know, I felt cheated out of a game. 
I just feel like, you know, you've got like peak fervor for the sport globally. Why is it Mm -hmm. this, you know, and I'm going to sound like an echo of Arteta, but why is it the best league in the world is, is hell bent on sucking the fun out of the sport? Yeah. Sucking the fun out of the sport. And I will say that for the best league in the world, the officiating is definitely one of the worst. I mean, uh, I don't watch enough Italian to really compare it to, but I know Bundesliga, the refereeing standard is better. Champions League, the the referee standard is better. there, there are plenty of leagues. Belgian league that I watch quite a bit of is the refereeing standard is better in the Belgian league, which you know is is mind boggling. And how can you you know how can you have this the pinnacle of the players with a mediocre at best refereeing crew? I I think it's time that that the FA or you know just the Premier League as a whole took a hard look at what has been in place and clearly hasn't worked well before VAR. Like I said, VAR does not Mm -hmm. exist without poor officiating leading to it. Like it's not like you can, you can expect a referee to be mistake free, but what should have been an improvement on the previous product has been a negative like it's been downhill since VAR was implemented. Yeah. The, the the actual quality of the refereeing on the field has gotten worse. And I think some of it is they think it's gonna get it's gonna get caught by VAR. Like the, they can kind of yeah, v- sit back a little bit and not have to be on top of anything, or they they're being told to sit back so that the VAR can get the call right. But it that that is. Uh, it it doesn't mesh with the the ethos of clear and obvious error because they're not making yeah. the calls. Yeah, and it's it's like one of those things that it, it starts to become a spiral, right? Where you you implement VAR because the referees aren't doing well. Are you going to start VARing VAR? You know, like 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 there 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 comes a point of accountability, and you know I have never been a fan of VAR. I was not a fan of it being implemented mm-hmm. to begin with. I was willing to give, give an open mind as, and this might be old man shouting at clouds. I know I'm, I'm getting up there in the age and maybe it shouldn't, but I, I, I look at the, my, my enjoyment of the game has been diminished because of VAR. I don't, I, there's been no benefit as a fan in my mind for VAR. I can't can't really think of multiple instances where I'm like I'm glad VAR was there. Yeah, I had a real um you know, tough time enjoying Saka's goal today because mm-hmm. it was on a it was on a breakaway. It was on a a, a situation that was close, you know, a pretty close call on the uh offside. It, it was like from seeing it live i was like okay that was close enough i probably could have missed it if he was offside so even though he scored i was just like well just waiting for that flag to go up and then it didn't and i was yeah. like oh good it's like a sense of relief instead of a, a sense of uh well it of just joy. The, the moment when the pure elation should have been happening i'm sitting waiting to see if if a call gets made 
Yeah. It's it it, it is and that, and that's true of offside in general, but you know, usually mm-hmm. offside fight goes up right away. With with this VAR yeah. offside, now it's like goal goes in and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm going to give it a 10 second count, 20 second count. Okay, good. They're kicking off. Yeah. There's no review. And then it, and it's just like a sigh of relief instead of like the pure joy of jumping up and shouting. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm not against all technology in, in the sport. Like I think the uh, goal line technology is an example of where they've gotten it hundred percent right. And I think goal line technology is something we all believe in and, and works and is just now part of the furniture. I don't think we even think about it, but I, you know, I was, you know, watching the games before goal line technology and i just i don't i don't think that's changed my my view on things it feels like offsides and and out of bounds can also get changed into that very very easily i think they need to i just think yeah i think so you know with today's game we could talk about that as well but uh but the uh the 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 art of officiating i think is better when it's just left to the official on the field and you you really just keep the flow of the game and the enjoyment of the game and there there'll be some adjustment justices and that's why we're going to but if you get a quality referee squad and have fans that are willing to understand that they're human and make mistakes i think you get a better mix of the game than this you know what 6 minutes of reviewing three possible fouls on a goal and still getting it right wrong. I th- I think about the NFL comparison with the rule book that spells everything out, makes it very clear what mm-hmm. of what a video review is doing, and it is pretty straightforward. Upholding those many many rules, you can rely on some documentation, and there's not much room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Can can we ever get VAR right in it when there's a rule book that is subjective? No. And I, I, to, to a certain extent, I, I think that's the joy of the game. I like the smaller rule book. I, one of the reasons I'm not a huge NFL fan is I don't like all the ticky tacky crazy rules and constant stoppage for trying to figure out which weird rule has mm-hmm. been broken. And so I I think it, it's a part of the joy and the appeal of the game is 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 the more simplified idea of it. I mean, for me, one of the big things they could do is the transparency. I we I watched the uh, Rugby World Cup that just happened a few weeks ago, and they have refed up mics, and when they have a VAR card, they broadcast the discussion the referees have, and just even getting that would be amazing to me you know just hearing why the referees didn't think that was a foul at least i'd have a reason at least i could be like cool there's some logic here Mm -hmm. because as it stands i i don't know and it and that's the most frustrating thing is the lack of transparency but i think if we knew just how wildly different each of these referees saw the game it would be all the more frustrating well, that would encourage them to actually get consistent, yeah. you know? It, 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 transparency breeds accountability, which is why transparency is important. And, you know, I think some of these issues would not be an issue if there was an accountability, yeah. Yeah. you know? 
yeah the idea that you know was it mike dean that was saying he was trying to protect one of the other referees by not making a var review it's like you you cannot it's too important as as I keep coming mm-hmm. back to to things arteta referred to in his post game um comments but it is too important to be leaving it in the hands of people that are willing to do something like that for all mm-hmm. the money and the time and the effort that gets put into these games every week to leave it in the hands of people that are not taking it that seriously, that are not concerned with getting it right, but are concerned with looking good. It's, it is the wrong approach. And it, until more people like accept that it's broken, it's just going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, like the uh, referee who made the the bad call in the uh, Liverpool uh, Tottenham game is going to be refereeing the Chelsea Man, Man mm-hmm. City game. He had one game down in the lower leagues, which he made some mistakes in that game, and he's going back to everything's okay, nothing's everything's fine, nothing's nothing's wrong. Yeah, that's not it's not accountability. No. And it's it's frustrating. I don't know. I hope we don't have more of these games, but it just seems like every week now these games are happening and the and I think the officiating is just under a microscope right now. So I, I think we're gonna f- see more and more of these until s- something breaks. I just can't imagine in the in the in a like an office setting, if you had a team of of referees, we'll call you know, working for you. Yeah. And they made as many mistakes in their job as they do on a regular basis. I mean, there is some, Mm -hmm. obviously everybody makes mistakes. We can, we can say that and then set that aside because I think saying everybody makes mistakes. If you made that many mistakes at your job, you wouldn't have your job. Yeah. Or at least you like, I'm far from an infallible person. And when I'm, I'm at my job and I make a mistake, First thing I do is acknowledge mm-hmm. it and I'll go to someone and be like, Hey, I, I messed this up. This is all on me. I apologize. And then I look at trying to fix it is the next thing. Cause apologies without, without fixing it aren't, aren't, are, are nothing. And then I look and go, why did this mistake happen? And how can I make sure that this mistake doesn't happen again in the future? Mm-hmm. And that's just basic. I don't know. I mean, it's work. It's your life when you're with friends and you make a mistake and you apologize rectify it and try and make sure you don't do that again it's like it's just being a human being i don't understand how like being a referee in the premier league you don't have that accountability you don't have that 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 the second and third steps they've been making apologies that's fine apologies are great but they don't really change anything it's the other two steps that are the most Mm -hmm. important um let's talk about arteta's comments a little bit um because he was very clear um, that it was not acceptable, that he was not mm-hmm. happy, and he put he he put them he put he, he was very blunt, and he and he he yeah. he put put it into terms that I think everybody has wanted more coaches to say, especially after these mm-hmm. bad situations. It seems like their hands are tied because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to, you know, incur the wrath of of the referees. And and the, there's also the the league, which muzzles them 
you know, from saying too much or else they get slapped with fines and sanctions and all kinds of things. Um, but Arteta didn't seem to say anything disparaging specifically towards the referee. It was just like, you didn't do a good job. Nobody's been doing yeah. a good job. This is not acceptable for this league. It's supposed to be the best in the world and you're not meeting that standard. That's pretty much it. You may have had a bit of anger beneath that, but like it, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was very plain. And, um, of course you've got the, the, um, Nevilles and the characters who are going to come out and seemingly just back the referees for every, for anything they do and, and say that they seem to be very, there seems to be this Arte- anti Arteta, sentiment out there already so anytime he does anything semi-controversial people are jumping all over it but i think it also has started conversations about you know hey this there's something wrong and it he's drawn the attention to it from you know at least a few more people because it 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 is not a topic that has gone away and i think you can look at it and and people will be like well he's going to say this and and a week will go by and and everybody will have moved on. It'll be the new new week of, of football, of soccer, and 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 everybody will move to the next storyline. But the problem is every single week there's at least one game, one incident, something that keeps this in the conversation. So it's not going away. And I think that's why Arteta is fed up with it, because he's not just seeing it in our games, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's the the key issue, is, and I, I I feel like I do try and call it both ways. I try and call it when I see it in favor of Arsenal. I'm less you know irate about it, but I do try and acknowledge mm-hmm. it. And I see that it, it's I like I don't think this is an anti-Arsenal conspiracy or anything like that. I th- I see it throughout the league, and I watch a lot of games mm-hmm. and. It's it is a problem, and I don't understand why people like I. The first I heard of the it, of the Arteta's comments weren't reading Arteta's comments. It was a, a news article I saw that popped up with like Carragher, you know, clapping back at Arteta for comments, and I was expecting the comments that Arteta said to be very like super incendiary. And then when I went back and read Arteta's comments, I'm like, this is mild to what I would say, yeah. you know, like what I've said in this podcast. I, th- I think he was being measured, but I think you you can't just pretend this issue isn't happening. You can't just like sit there and be like, uh, everything's fine. You know, the, the meme of the dog in a burning building with a cup of coffee saying everything's fine. Like it's obvious that there's an issue. I've, I've also, uh, heard that, uh, there's been several, uh, reporters that have been contacted by the premier league for their, uh, their comments about the officiating in the last few weeks and at, being at told not to, uh, be so critical by the uh, premier league. So they're trying to, to quash that. And it's a, it's, that's, that's not going to fix the problem. And all it's doing is creating this bubbling boiling pot. And, you know, there is going to come a point where it is going to be at the FA cup final. It's going to be, you know, a, 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 a call last week of the season that decides the title or decides relegation. You know, if it decides relegation, a bad call like that they can't if they make an apology they're going to get sued i mean you saw sheffield united years ago sue the premier league over a, rele- a relegation battle and that was over the Te- tevez thing but uh 
<laughs> there comes there's going to come a point where it's going to get litigious and you know i think what was it liverpool already threatened to sue the premier league over over that uh that a uh, Tottenham well, game. It, it, it as as Arteta pointed out, there is too much money and effort put into this to have it just be mm-hmm. tossed around by these guys who are kind of just guessing. It can't mm-hmm. be a system of guessing, mm-hmm. and it, I think there's there's just way too much money and eyes on it for it to continue to degrade as it has. And, and and as Arteta point, well, I think it's pretty clear, but, you know, some people will be like, oh, he's just complaining about this Newcastle result. It's like, no, you can tell by this over the language of this, this um, discussion is that he is fed up with incident after incident beyond even this season. I think they're mm-hmm. they're ready to pull out a book of stuff that has gone against us for, I mean, years. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and, and several of the incidents that were papered over there, there were a couple of times. Uh, I remember, gosh, it was not too long ago that we said that we'd be talking about this more if we hadn't won the game, you know, this mm-hmm. season. And, you know, sometimes they just get papered over for, by the fact that we are winning the game. So it, does, it seems like sour grapes to really like harp on, on these calls, but, I mean, and even in today's game, there there were several weird calls, yeah, and officiating mistakes. I mean, there were two out of bounds that were completely called wrong. The one over the touchline, one over the end line, and the uh, the incident with a uh, Saka where he was in obviously injured, and he made him go on the other side of the pitch and walk the long way around, and gave him a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Like, the it's not just about screwing up VAR. I think that is obviously a, a contentious point overall because it's supposed to fix some of the things, but the baseline interpretation of the game is all over the place. I think back to the, like the Louise incident where he, you know, maybe one of the worst called fouls I've ever seen where a, 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 a an attacking player makes a con makes contact with a defender, and it's it just it, mm-hmm. it. How in the world do you interpret the game that way? It's just so far yeah. off from reality. It's baffling, and it's incident after incident like this where it just makes zero sense. That I, I mean, even go back to the beginning of the season. Was it like? Tommy Asu was the one example that you were going to make of, of actually holding people accountable for long throw-ins. That was it. Like, yeah. what are they doing? It, it, yeah. And they're a whole thing about like a uh, carding players for, uh, you know, showing the yellow card and uh, after a foul and things like that, just that's completely, we, we all made a joke about it when we started the, the season. We we're like, yeah, you know, five weeks in and everyone will forget. There were like three people who got yellow cards for that. And then, it disappeared again. Like, you know, no one's enforcing it again. And I mean, it goes back to what I, our discussion about handballs. I I'm at this point, even when I'm watching the bar with friends, I don't talk about handballs anymore. I'm like, yep, whatever. If they call it, they call it. If they don't, they don't. I'm, you know, I, I always have a philosophy. If there's something that you literally can't change, there's no reason of getting that mad about it. So I've given up on handballs. I've just, yeah, they're, they're there. It it happens or it does. It's like when I play FIFA. 
You know, <laughs> it's I, I can't get angry. It's just a coin flip. And I don't I, care. I get that this is not like exclusive to the Premier League. Every single league, every, every sport, the, the, the referees will have points of effort, emphasis every season. Is it true in the NFL? It's true in MLS. You know, like there's always like those things that they're trying to uh, cut down in in the play. And it lasts for a few games and then they kind of go back to the mean. But when you go back to the baseline rules, at least the other leagues have it figured out and it, it's a consistent mm-hmm. product. You just do not know from week to week what what sort of game you're going to get. Like, and game yeah. to game. Yeah. yeah. It, it just... It, I, I get that it's subjective. But it just seems like they need to come together on some of these things and find some consistency. It it, it should not be this wild west thing, especially when you have yeah, this you- system to prevent this, and you just are ignoring it. I I can't. I I feel like we just talk in circles around this stuff, and it's I, I'm I'm spent. I'm sick of having to talk about it. And I'm think I, I can't imagine if this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't wait till we have a podcast where I don't have to talk about VAR. I'm 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 so overly bored and mm-hmm. done with it. Like like I, I would rather just talk about mistakes that are so made or great plays that are so made. Like I'd rather I'd <laughs> rather talk about tactics and things, but it, it, it makes it all null and void because it, that didn't matter in this game. Yeah. Nothing really that Arsenal did matter in this game because of the the poor officiating. And I think that it that goes back to that level of frustration and in, in knowing that things are just being decided, not based on merit, not based on athleticism, not based on anything that you can control from all the preparation that you do, all the money that you put in doesn't matter if it's just gonna get tossed out with a bad decision. One one moment mm-hmm. where a guy decides, eh. I'm not going to call this or today I'm going to, I feel like it's a red card T- tomorrow. Yeah. I might not. Might as well watch WWF or WWE. That's more scripted. That's more on rails. They know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> exactly. You might as well do that. If you're officiating or just, I don't know, watch marble uh-huh. racing. Like, I don't know. Eh, I, I'm, I am truly tired of this conversation. Yeah, we've got more questions on the refereeing stuff. Oh God. I, you know, we can, we can, we can get through this quickly. Okay. Uh, so ref talk part two, uh, <laughs> Newcastle really got away with it, but did we too? Was Havertz lucky to stay on? Um, did Gabby get lucky in not conceding a penalty? Um, I don't, the the Havertz thing maybe was, he was lucky that it was kind of, it became the flashpoint and it wasn't like, I I think if you, if they would have actually called this game right, they called Bruno for any one of those egregious fouls Mm -hmm. and then Havertz did that foul, it would have been 10 times worse and he probably would have gotten a red card because then it would have looked like more retaliation. The ref didn't call it that way. So by the time Havertz did it, it was like, oh, that was the first foul in this series of fouls I need to rein back in. You know, it's like he didn't call the stuff before, so that had to be the first example one. 
but he didn't go he couldn't mm-hmm. go red because he hadn't it wasn't an escalation at that point yeah i mean i think I, so havertz had two bad tackles i should have written down the timing on 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 them and both of them they were tacked they were in my mind they were not red no. cards and and again i may have some biases on this in this subject but like i didn't i didn't see them as pure red cards as i said earlier i think if you kind of combine the two in a in a game situation i could see where if the referee had felt the first one was bad he would have given a red card or accumulation of two yellow cards for the two fouls like i think i think in certain ways havertz is lucky he stayed on the field but i don't i don't think it was egregious I mean, I don't think it was clear and obvious if you're going to use that uh, that that mm. statement. I, I think he was definitely close to dancing on a line. I don't think he was even dancing on the line, but you could see he w- he was definitely flying in. You know, there was one the I, the first one, if I remember correctly, was him coming in and his you know studs were out. He missed both ball and player, but he didn't make contact. But his studs were up, and you know, if he had, had made contact with a player, it would have been a pretty, pretty uh, brutal tackle. But you know, he didn't. I don't think it was dangerous play. I don't think it's a red card. Yeah, I think he. This is the way this game pla- played out. It, it was, <laughs> and then like Newcastle ended up getting like four cards from this one incident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was just again poorly managed game from a refereeing perspective. Yeah. It just yeah. let it get out of control, and didn't. Yeah, and then when you, you don't before... call things, that's what's going to happen. And and it's crazy to me because you had all these incidents, and the game ended with eleven players on the field. Like I don't, I don't understand like this at all. Like I don't. Yeah, that that is a game that is surprising. And as you said, it's just a referee that didn't have management. Uh, I mean, getting back to the question, are we lucky? I wouldn't say lucky, but I, I, I think there was some flirtation. But as I said, I, I think the issue isn't that all these calls are going against Arsenal. It's that all these calls on both sides aren't getting called across the league. It's the the standard of officiating is poor, not that it's co- constantly going against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. It's just we tend to notice the ones that go against us and it hurts us more, but it's a, a thing across league-wide. Um, okay, let's let's get to the ref talk part three real quick here so we can talk about the, the good game. Yeah, I, I want to talk yeah. about the good game. Uh, why do they all hate Bukayo? He seems so nice, but they don't protect him and seem to think he's simulating a lot. I... I don't know. I was actually thinking about this question because it, it came up in today's mm-hmm. game as well. He was getting kicked to bejesus. Uh, I think a little bit has to do with the fact that he doesn't dive really. He does. He, he tends to try to try and ride through these tackles, and it's kind of one of those things of when a player is better than you, sometimes you just re- react by kicking them. That's like the the English way, I think, <laughs> or the soccer way in general. Um, so I think he gets a lot of it and you, you, you do see it across the, uh, the world. I think Neymar, for example, got the most fouls in the French league against him. And he was, he just constantly gets kicked because that's the only way to contain him. Uh, 
And I think it's something where the referees, it sh- that should be a focus of the referee is the constant persistent fouling on one player where like each of these fouls individually, gosh, aren't, aren't really worth a yellow card by themselves. But the, the fact that game in and game out, you're seeing a rotation of players doing it and being smart about it, but he's taking eight, nine kicks a game that are noteworthy. And it's, it's something that maybe you give a, a team foul or one of the play, the players takes it for persistent fouling. If it's a, on a single player, you've you know? seen it like where they'll go have a word with the captain and be like, you better get your team under control or you're getting the card. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be somebody gets, ends up being the whipping boy and taking one, but it, it is, it, there is a method there to make sure that persistent um, fouling gets snuffed out by having a discussion with the captain. Like you don't just mm-hmm. let it go. You, you, you at least try to manage it. And then when that expectation has been set and they still do it, you may be like, Hey, I warned you, you didn't de- get control of your team. You're getting a card and I might even give a card to the other guy. Like you might get a couple yeah. cards out of this because I told you to stop. It, it, how many man? Yeah. How many? How many refs are managing the game that way? You just don't see that happening enough. Yeah, and it's like it, 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 the, it's like almost like from the refs' perspective, they give the foul and they're like, "All right, that's good enough." Like it's you know, because I and I can see why it's hard on a ref because like each one of those individually isn't worth a yellow card, but it it, it is coming to a point where these players like soccer are just getting kicked out of a game. I just feel like they put these artificial thresholds in Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't, it doesn't use the yellow card as the tool that it needs to be. They put too much weight into it and then don't use it as a way to get players in line. Yeah. And it's, and it's like this, the, the, the whole thing of like the, the referee doesn't want to affect the game. So like, they're very reticent to give that second yellow card as well. They swing wildly in the other direction because it gets out of control. So they have to start using cards to try to gain control again. There's a steady hand of using cards sparingly to maintain the, the tone of the game. Yeah. Exactly. And I think again, it like this, this question kind of comes back to the, 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 the wider conversation to the referee, the standard just needs to be better. And there needs to be a, a, a better training of the referees of how to, to manage games. Cause there are referees that manage the games really well. And, you know, it's the, the old idiom of like, if you don't remember a referee's name, it's probably because they've been managing the game really well. And so it, it, it is that there are tons of referees that are doing this, right. It's just the ones that, constantly don't do it right that really just stick in your Mm. mind okay i think we can put the 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 newcastle game to rest i we obviously cannot ever stop talking about the refereeing and um you know some of it ties ties in in, even into today's game but it it just um we can at least move to some more positive talk (laughs) just one week just one week where we don't have to do this would be awesome but yeah champions league game today and we're getting close to wrapping up the the group stage here this one uh i think was was an important one to kind of seal the deal we're we're in good pole position now uh and i think i think we've put to rest that sevilla was going to be 
the the challenging team in this group. I was, I mean, I've been surprised by Sevilla's uh, performance in this group. Uh, they obviously have a European ped- pedigree. They uh, they uh, won the Europa League last year, which means that they, you know, have a decent team. But uh, they just seem to be falling apart this year. I think there's the manager that won the uh, the uh, Europa League final was fired in May. They've uh, they're propping the table, and you saw the team that they put out today. It was a uh, it was a beast squad. Their their main players weren't even starting this game. A lot they were resting a lot of players. I guess there's a big derby or derby coming up on uh, the following weekend for them where they play Betis. Uh, but I was I was surprised they threw they threw in the towel and they just didn't play. They didn't play for the first seventy minutes at all. I, I mean, the 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 overall stats we were talking about on the Discord up until the very last kick of the game, Sevilla had a zero expected goals. They had zero shots on target, or zero shots, let alone on target. There was, I think, one half chance in the first half where there was a, a sleeve a tackle that was wonderful. Uh. Other than that, I mean, the possession was like 68% Arsenal throughout the game. It was just, it was an utter domination and Sevilla just did not come to play. And I mean, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take a game like this. It's just, it's hard to say. This is one of those games where, where was Arsenal that good or was Sevilla that bad? Yeah, it, it was, um, yeah, pretty dominant you know it, it, it especially down that left hand side i felt like martinelli <laughs> was just unstoppable and unfortunately he didn't really get the the final result from that but he just he could not be shut down he just found his way to that end line over and over again and <laughs> that 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 back is gonna have nightmares of martinelli like he was the at the end or towards the end they were just ended up just double teaming martinelli to try and get something to stop that. But, you know, I think the lack of his production, Marnelli is really telling of the fact that we don't have anything in the center right now, as you mentioned earlier, that missing Odegaard, missing Jesus, there's no natural target for, you know, him running down the line. Cause I think he, he, you know, he ran down the line and he also put in good balls. Mm -hmm. It was just, there was nothing there. Another negative before we continue on the positive was Havertz and his inability to, to to get anything on target and score it's like i've been i've been trying i've i feel like i've been one of the most uh voice vociferous uh defenders of of havertz and saying you know trying to find his other positives but you know what was it like a minute into the game where you had that open header just totally miss misconnection yeah and it's and it's it's obvious that he just has no confidence, an utter lack of uh, of confidence in goal. He gets into the right positions, can't do it. He was throughout the game doing that. So it's obvious that Havertz isn't your answer for trying to fix what's in the middle. Mm. And you know, Tassard, you know, he scored his goal and, and looked good, but he's he he offers a very different presence to that striker, and I think he's interplaying with Saka and Havertz and kind of they're doing a a, a work share <laughs> on that striker position yeah. right now. Um, I thought I I you know I do like Tassard a, a lot, him playing in that false nine role, 
I think works a bit better for me than having Enkedia. Um, yeah. So I was glad to see him in there uh, and get that goal. Obviously, that was a great connection with with Bakayo Saka. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was a striker's goal that he scored. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just having somebody making that run, um, that would usually be Eddie. But I just feel like yeah. Trissard, the chemistry is there a little bit more with the players around him. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit more of interplay in there. Whereas in Kedia, you get, you know, in Kedia as a forward striker type of thing, which I, again, I don't think is a bad thing. I just think I, I personally like it. I was happy to see Trissard start. That's what I wanted before the game. And I think it paid off. I was, you know, nervous throughout the first part of the game that we're going to have a very dominant spell and not get the, uh, get the payoff for it and get into halftime zero zero yeah i think it felt like a relief when they did score because it was just kind of they were just getting into position time after time and just not finding that that final ball and uh this this one really was uh the setup setup uh really came down to the great pass from Jorginho to find Saka, and it was pretty pretty wide open after that i think they that first pass just really sliced them Oh, that pat that to me that was the the moment of the play was Jorginho's pass to Saka. It was it was gorgeous. It it uh, I, I it's one of my favorite things to see in soccer is that type of pass. And yeah, it was yeah. Sublime. Yeah, I, I kind of I, forget I, he's capable of that sometimes. He just doesn't. Yeah, um, you know he he will make that good forward pass, but just not not to that degree. Like that that was a that was a good special one. It was special, and it, you know I think you had a lot of players just you know on show today we we mentioned martinelli i think rice had an amazing game uh Jorginho had a great game saliba again had a a great game that tackle he was a little bit out of position it was kind of his fault that he had to make that tackle but uh he uh recovered well and and got that tackle in uh i thought uh saka had a, a, a a great game goal and assist and was also kind of terrorizing that side of the field while getting kicked to the bejesus like, I mean, again, you talk about the refereeing, the uh, the player that was on soccer starts with a C, ends with a J. He got three fouls within like five minutes on soccer. Yeah, I thought he would have had that early, should have had an early yeah. yellow card. But yeah. Yeah, no, still another one where it's like, what? why are we giving players this many chances to, to hack yeah. away at our our, our guys? But I mean, as bad as Sevilla was, I think they just couldn't handle what Arsenal was bringing to the table. I would, if we had our healthy striker, a proper center forward, I think we would have won five nothing. I think it was one of the most dominant displays I've seen in this round of the Champions League, and I, it's you know one of the better performances we've had this season. We could have scored more goals, and I would have been a little bit more comfortable, but. It's hard when they're doing a low block and they literally the entire team was just behind the ball the whole time there. It looked like Sevilla's strategy was just to to bunker down for nil nil and then bring on the uh, the uh, player kind of like a cup game, bring on their best players in the 70th minute and try and sneak one in. Yeah. And you could see that you could see Sevilla played better when Radicic was on, when uh, several of their other starters were on. Yeah, I think they... They they were trying to do a little smash and grab at the end there, but I, it didn't. Yeah, 
they didn't really have enough to get a, a, a foothold into the game at that point. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think it's the, it really probably was the coach looking at, at this group, looking at where they sit in this group and going, I'd rather try and do something for the, the derby game because if he loses that game, he's probably fired. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's looking at doing damage limitation and it just, you know, he made a gamble and it, it didn't pay off and Arsenal was just too good for them. Right. And it, it, this was a much more fun game to watch. It, like I said, it was that yes. palate, palate cleanser that we needed to kind of put the Newcastle game behind us. And I, it, it's nice to uh, have um, a pretty solid standing now in the, in the um, group stage. I think we're, we're sitting in a good position. We've got one more game left. Uh, it's a, I think we're just making sure we lock up that that top spot at this point. I, I'm trying to remember um, where the other teams are at. They're just. It's uh, I think we're on nine. The other teams are on five. Uh, and then, because you had PSV winning today. Yeah, PSV is at five and Lent lens at five yeah and and so it means like very mathematically it's possible but it looks very likely we'll be going through this group yeah well because they can the best they can do is get eight so we're going through no we haven't made it officially through we to make it officially through uh psv would have had to lose oh okay so uh, there's a there's there's a mathematical as I said it's just it's not a very likely scenario mm-hmm. there, but it, so we have one foot in the door. But and for me in Champions League, I've always felt that it doesn't really matter whether you get first or second in the group because in the neck in the knockouts you're going to find you're going to face quality teams, right. and there's always a team that's just underperformed in the group that's in that second pot. So it's it's to me it's not a it's a Six of one, half of the dozen of the other. It might be mildly easier if you win your group, but you know, you're still facing very, very high quality teams. So, as long as you get through, that's the the next step. And I think it would be a, I think it would be a really good step for Arsenal to make it out of this group. And it looks like that goal is very, very achievable. Yeah. So next, uh, well, the 29th of November. So end of November. Um, mm-hmm. There's another international break coming up. International break. Oh God, I was just talking to someone about this. It seems like there's just been so many international breaks, and it's just how is like, it possible? Didn't we it, just have a World Cup? Yeah, never ends. And it's just, and it's just, I'm so tired of them. I just like I want to watch Arsenal. Yeah. International breaks are fine, but I just want to see Arsenal games. Yeah, so we have uh, the game against Burnley coming up on Saturday. Then we're on yeah. break. Till the twenty fifth, stupid. Yeah. yeah, I mean that game against Burnley. I, hopefully, we get a win. It's I mean Burnley do nay look good this year. They're uh, you would think that they're uh, coming out of the championship with that style and having uh, you know Vincent Company, who everyone's mooting to be the next Man City coach, and it's just they've definitely taken that tactic that some teams do of like we're not going to change our style when we come to the Premier League, but then they come up against much better opposition than they were in the championship. And it's, I, I, it is a game we should be winning that Burnley game. I, I have 
very strong expectations of a win for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hopeful that this is another uh, our series of palate cleansers. Um, especially mm-hmm. as we get into a break, I feel like going out on a strong win would be a nice um, setup for when we come back. Obviously, we're going to have that uh, the final game of the Champions League group, and then we what was the other game? We've lost it. It's gone. <laughs> I've somehow clicked too many times and gotten lost in the uh well it's it's crazy to me that you know we're gonna have one more game have a break and then we're almost in december it's, i know <laughs> this the season is definitely starting to fly by we're starting to really we're going to be able to you know by the end of december you really get a picture of what the the title fight is who's the, who are the main characters where your team is sitting champions league is kind of clearing up as far as what the uh the who are the real contenders it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and we we get a decent um run of games here coming back from the break with uh you know Brent, Brentford's always a, a little challenging. Um yeah. But we have our history yeah, with that team. But then we we also got Wolves and Luton Town um starting to start off our December. So um look at, looking like we I, can we can pick up some points here. Yeah, I mean, I'd be nervous. The uh, of those fixtures, that's the uh, the Wolves game is the uh, the one that is a, a little bit nervous. They seem to be finding a little bit of form. They have some handy players. I would, but the uh, the other two are definitely games that I would I'd be expecting to to pick up some some definitely some points from. Yeah, somehow somehow Brentford sandwiched themselves between Man United and Chelsea in ninth place. So we're. Um they're going to want to separate themselves from those two if they can. <laughs> uh, I mean, seeing, depending on what's happening with the United, I imagine their, uh, their, their coach isn't long for this, uh, for this, uh, world. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that, that plays out. Um, it, we're also getting into that very congested period that, uh, Wolves yeah. game is, uh, happening on the second three days later you got Luton Town. four days later you've got villa um yeah it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a little wild oh we've got two more champions league games i was thinking we just had one we've got two yeah. more so then the 12th is the psv game yeah and then there's a break till february usually i haven't actually looked at it they usually take a month off and then get back into the uh knockout mm-hmm. rounds yeah, but definitely sque- squeezing a lot in. There's def- a lot of of games to be played in the month of December. I'm not gonna be. I'm not mad about not being in the uh, the uh, league cup or not whatever cup it is. The uh, I want to say Carling Cup, but that's really old. A uh, Carabao there Cup. That's what it is. Not Milk Cup. Not Carling Cup. Carabao Cup. Yeah, se- seven league games in the month of December, and then the one Champions League. So eight, eight total. It's going to be quite fun. <laughs> but no, nobody that's like, uh, well, excuse me, Liverpool on the twenty third, and that'll be that'll be a yeah. cracker. Uh, West West Ham on the twenty eighth now has some um, some intrigue to it. We'll see how they they fare when we. I no, I mean, I, I think that'll be interesting. Is that home or away? Um, that is home. 
yeah, I, I think that'll be interesting. I think the, uh, the I think the team will be motivated, and hopefully, uh, some of the players are missing for that game. Uh, will uh, will be starting them back to health and yeah for I'm that game. Curious how soon we're gonna see some of these players come back. I don't know what Jesus's um, timeline looks like. Party sounded like he might not even be back this year. Like he might be beginning of next year. Um, and then I, you know, I, I don't know what the, uh, original timeline was for, for Timber, but I would be, I, I would like to see him come back this season. I think that would be a nice addition, but I, I really don't know if we're going to see him until that much later in the season. Yeah. And, and Timber would be a nice addition, but like for me, as far as like triage is he's, his position isn't the one of, of most needs. I think we've kind of figured out a good you know system going on with a there's jenchenko uh uh tommy situation and ben white filling in the other side they i think that triage is going okay it's for me again striker is my area of most concern Mm -hmm. that getting jay-z's pack would be nice but i think at the end of the day we need to address that in the transfer window and that's not going to be cheap or easy. So yeah, we'll see if they pull, pull the trigger on anything. I've been hearing, uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, uh, Napoli Osman. Mm. There's been some fun rumors about that going around. That would be interesting. That, that would be a signal of intent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that, uh, is just the, uh, the rumor boys talking. Man, could you imagine you just go out, splash the cash on that and be like, yeah, we're, we're making a run at Champions League this year. We're not waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, that, that catches us up. We'll, uh, we'll see how things go against Burnley this weekend. One game at a time. Yep. Do we have one game? Have another? We just have the one before. Yeah. Before I record again. I, we, yeah, I don't think they're luckily, as I say, we don't have care about cups and things are kind of yeah, settling down just a little bit. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Um if if it, I guess we we uh hit all our questions too. So that's that's all we got to do. We we talked about it all. Yeah. And then some. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then some. And we could as always talk forever. <laughs> Well, I, I think we'll pa- we'll we'll pause ourselves there for next week. Um, if you like what you heard, th- uh, please review and subscribe. And you know, thanks for listening. We appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, you can find all our stuff, like our emails, our social media, and Discord in our show notes. Go click on that link. Join our Discord. We'd love to have you on game days uh, as we chat through the the ins and outs of the horrible referee calls. It's nice to have somebody else to talk to when you're going yeah. crazy. Exactly. The, the discord is an, a nice uh, venting, if nothing yes, else. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I think that's just about it. So uh, as always, see you at the next gun show. I <laughs> did
I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to mute and uh, clicked on the wrong button as I sneezed. 